0: Today's episode of The Film Stage show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema for your free 30-day trial. Go to mubi.com/filmstage. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Maybe it's time to let the
1: old ways die.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan, and with me today we have Bill Graham, Michael hello, and a special guest on to help us talk about the new film A Star is Born, it's Ferran Nemi.
2: It's Farron Farron, we went through
0: this before the episode began <laughs> And I still messed it up <laughs> Farron Should we re-record this part? <laughs> no, I'm down with my shame being broadcast to uh, however many people listen to this
2: <laughs>
0: oh,
2: uh,
0: How are you today?
2: I'm, I'm, I'm good
0: Okay, great Why don't you tell the listeners at home a little bit about yourself by way of introduction and
1: say oh. your name again. <laughs> <laughs> <That's not fun. laughs> the full
2: thing is Farron Smith-Neme. I've been writing um, the Self-Styled Siren blog chiefly about um, classic Hollywood films since about 2005. Um, I have written for Film Comments, Sight & Sound, Barron's The Wall Street Journal. I've written for Criterion a fair bit. Um, And I have a novel published in 2014, still in print, called Missing Reels about the search for a silent film.
0: All right. Outstanding. And as I said, we are all here today to talk about A Star is Born, the new film from, well, I guess the debut film from director Bradley Cooper, which stars him and Lady Gaga and Sam Elliott. Before we get into that, of course, all the usual housekeeping rate review and subscribe on iTunes it helps new people find us also follow us on Twitter at @filmstage show Facebook the film stage show give to our patreon at patreon.com/thefilmstageshow and email us podcast@filmstage.com and of course we are brought to you by movie the online streaming cinema where every day their curators give you a brand new film to look at for 30 days before it disappears. That means there is a constantly rotating selection of 30 great films for you to check out. And it's October, the spookiest month of the year. So of course, Mubi is going to give you some great horror films. For instance, just released today is Pontypool from director Bruce McDonald, a film that I remember really wanting to see. And then never doing it, but now thanks to movie, I can. In addition, that
3: one's, that one's really great. I hope you check it out. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good.
0: <laughs> the the trailer and everything for it were like fantastic, and then it. But it was it was 2009. It was a simpler time. It was harder to see things like this. So I just, you know, I never got around to it. But now, again, thanks to Mubi, Pontypool probably watch it tonight. In addition, you know, Manhunter, which we spoke about last weekend. Woo. Yeah. So check it out. There's a lot of great stuff on there, and you can get a free 30-day trial by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. And that is it. Now we can talk about a star is born. Again, debut film from director Bradley Cooper screenplay by eric roth and bradley cooper again it stars lady gaga bradley cooper sam elliott amongst a bevy of other great actors who he got to play in this including dave Chappelle, and i don't want to andrew spoil dice that one <laughs> <laughs> andrew dice clay is in this continuing his i like weird shift into prestige acting i guess He's we surprised. i guess we were ready for that <laughs>
2: He's a good actor. Yeah. yeah. I I, I have to say, I'm probably one of the only people who, with lots of good things to say about a 1980s movie called Casual Sex, where he actually plays the romantic lead. Um, And he's he's sort of doing a Sylvester Stallone type thing, which actually, you know, not so far from what he's doing here, but he does it very well. He's got screen presence.
0: That sounds amazing. I will have to look that up.
3: <laughs> I just want to point out I went to it on IMDb and it's casual sex question mark.
2: Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. It was question mark not in the sound of my voice.
0: No, you were like casual, casual sex. sex. It should have been casual sex?
1: <laughs> I am Ron Burgundy?
0: <laughs> All right. I well, here... the
1: consent in
3: the title.
0: <laughs> here is the trailer for A Star Is Born. You know, man,
2: in the old days, I always knew like you were gonna do something, that you'd be all right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell
0: me something, girl.
3: Do you write songs or anything?
0: I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel
2: comfortable.
3: Why wouldn't you feel comfortable?
2: Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look.
3: I think you're beautiful.
0: All right, so that is the trailer for A Star is Born. This is the fifth version of this story that has been brought to the screens. Some of us have seen many and all of them. Some of us have seen none of them, except for this (laughs) one, obviously. Hopefully. <laughs> I
3: hope so. <laughs> Did you guys not see this movie? I saw the trailer.
0: <laughs> I listened to the soundtrack. The soundtrack has dialogue snippets on oh, it. I'll be fine. Oh, um, <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about it. Let's see what we thought. Farron? Did I pronounce yes. your name right that time? Did I do it? <laughs> yes. Sweet. All right. Why don't you kick us off with your basic nutshell thoughts of A Star is Born?
2: Um... I, I think I think it's a, a very good, entertaining movie. Um, you know, if if I wouldn't rank it quite like with the, the first three versions, um, that, you know, has to do with like my personal aesthetic. And I think also that, you know, like George Cukor is, uh, you know, a, a, a greater director than Bradley Cooper is really just kind of starting out. But um, I think this one, um, it gets all of the emotional beats right. Um, it has, uh, I, I mean, the the key to this movie is sincerity of emotion, and it has that in spades. Um, it has a very fine supporting cast. The music is, you know, is good to, you know, like, perfectly endurable. And uh, overall, I I think it really, really works. I mean, I'm starting to see people in my non-cinephile life um, like other friends talk about it on Facebook or whatever, and they 're all blown away it 's really interesting to me to see that this story, which is so old <laughs> um, still you know it 's seemingly bulletproof it still works amazingly well and uh, oh and lady lady Gaga is. Very good. She has a really pleasing naturalness on screen. Um, She's, you know, like she feels very real. You you identify with her and you root for her from the beginning.
0: All right, Michael Snydell.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling a little more. I'm feeling a little more conflicted about this one. I I have a lot of affection. For this series, I had seen The uh, the Wellman and The Kukor, And The Cukor is one of my favorite films ever. So it's, it's kind of tough to uh, come into this with completely clean expectations. Uh, or, or I should say reasonable <laughs> expectations. Sorry. Um, and, you know, I think that... I'm not sure how much I'm projecting here, and I, I hope to talk about this a lot more. But I think that the way that this film... Views authenticity and views the what matters, and um, especially how it views pop music is something that really puts me at odds with it. And I find it like a fascinating, uh, you know, dissociative thing to see Lady Gaga in this film that seems to somewhat hate pop music. Um, which we can speak about to a, a further extent, and, and I, I think that I, I think that it's really weird because I, I think we talk about effort a lot with some of these prestige stories, and it, it's it's a weird contradiction that that's kind of associated with the Star Is Born is you know in the five different versions they made at least four of them are you know have major stars at the front, but they're so they're kind of an exercise in like self-indulgence and like uh you know glorifying you know either hollywood or uh the music industry or things like that but they're also um but they they also if they're done well don't that ego is offset again with what uh i think Farron said which is a, a certain sincerity that makes it feel feel more real and i think lady gaga has that sincerity and the vulnerability and the sense of naturalism to make those parts work really good it's it's bradley cooper's direction and performance here that i have a lot more trouble with because it is something that seems to be going through not silly, the motions of what we've seen with addiction, but just a sense of, of strenuousness in his acting and just kind of like a to the T, almost like method performance that kind of bothers me. And it makes me feel really conflicted about whether this is ultimately a story about Allie or about the demons of Bradley Cooper's character. Uh I, I will say that I, I think that the the music is good and I think the beginning of this film gets right what even like the last stars born did not, which, which is that they have immediate chemistry. Like it's very clear how she could get swept up into this without actually you know losing uh Lady Gaga's character as like an actual person like it makes total sense why she would fall for this person without it feeling like she's just being whisked into like you know this fairy tale um but yeah i I just don't i don't know how i feel about where this goes i'll leave it there (laughs)
2: Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I I do, I do feel no. that this this one definitely puts more emphasis on the uh, the the male star character than any of the foregoing. Versions did right, um, you know. In in uh, in the first one, what Price Hollywood? He's a director. He's not her lover, and he's almost a supporting character. So we can sort of put that aside. But in the Wellman and in the Q Corps, um they, you know, Norman Maine is, uh, you know, he's he's not, you know, it's it's a it's a big. Role um, and it has some of the best moments of the movie, but it's not really the focus of the movie. Um, yeah. It's 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 the woman's conflict that's the focus of the movie. And I think in in this version, Cooper chose um, also they they never in none of the foregoing versions do they ever bother to explain you know like why the character might have addiction problems, why he might be an alcoholic. This movie is at pains to you know. Kind of spell out for you his background and why he's like that so it, it does um it, it it does i think you know kind of um foreground um jackson Maine to the exclusion of ali the lady gaga character especially in the second half and I, I can see what you mean by that
0: all right bill graham <laughs> nutshell thoughts from you yeah, I really
1: enjoyed this film right from the get-go. Uh, I think Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga have tremendous chemistry. There's a naturalness to kind of their performances, and um, the songs are great. I really enjoyed the way that it's shot. Uh, no surprise, Matthew Libatique is behind it, um, and so he's a fantastic cinematographer, Um Longtime Darren Aronofsky uh, collaborator, and the film looks great. It, you know, I if people know me, um, they would expect me to say something about the runtime, and I honestly had no issue with it. It's uh, two hours and sixteen minutes, something something like that. So uh, yeah. I didn't feel any of that length. Um, I think this film flies by, and uh, yeah, it was it was very emotional
0: to watch. So. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be one of those podcasts where everyone kind of agrees. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's there's not a lot to like just dislike about this movie. Um I when my wife asked me what I thought of this, I was like, "Well, I'm now like even more jealous of Bradley Cooper." I I know. Because yeah. <laughs> he is just a handsome man who has written, directed and sings in this movie yeah really, just like really, really well well you know and i was just like you couldn't fuck up anything <laughs> dick. um yeah. so yeah i um i enjoyed this movie the songs have been stuck in my head since i saw it mm-hmm. friday night mm-hmm. you know i wake up and shallow is playing in my head and then later on in the day uh the the other one uh <laughs> the old ways is stuck in my head and it's mm-hmm. just it really it really annoys what about
1: me about Rose. <clears throat>
0: That's always background stuck in my head (laughs) just from from any number of things that it has been in. So, you know, it's it's like there are crevices of this movie that I think will be interesting to explore. But just on a general level, like Lady Gaga gives a really great performance. Um, Her first time on stage, she has a really great mixture of kind of like terror, but also like finding her power that i found like very affecting like the the performances in this film act as like character moments and so while the mu- the music is very good and the the just the photography of everything is like really great you know watching their faces and seeing their posture is like just another level of performance you know and i think that when you cast someone like her whose entire life has been you know, every like public appearance of hers is a kind of performance art piece on top of her actual music. You know, you gain a lot of that from her. I think it is weird (laughs) that the movie functions almost as a critique of her entire career. Um, (laughs) I wonder if she was cool with that, because like, she did kind of create this persona to, to subvert her non Britney Spears appearance, I guess would be the best way to put mm-hmm. it. You know, she she sure. became a pop star sure. by just like going outlandish. Like I can't look like a cookie cutter cheerleader, so I'm just gonna go the opposite direction and people will talk about that instead.
1: Well, she she also covered her face for a lot of uh, a lot of her initial kind of breakout star, you know, hits. Oh, yeah. You know, you didn't really see her face. And part of that, you know, she's very she's been very vocal about that. Yeah. And it's um, such a
3: fascinating self-reflexive choice as well to have her begin at a drag club. Like when so much of her not her persona, but sorry, she's been so outspoken about. You know, to outsiders, like, and to the LGBT community. She so to, like, literally has have a song that says,
0: so don't yeah, be West. a drag, just be a queen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you <sure>. know, <laughs> this will be the episode where we all find out how much we know about Lady Gaga. So, <laughs> but in addition to that, I mean, like, you know, Sam Elliott is great in this movie. Uh, Bradley Cooper does a great Sam Elliott impression for the entire movie. <laughs> Dave Chappelle shows up for like two scenes and just like steals the show. Probably um, at his
3: actual house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. That, you know, maybe that could that could be. I don't know. Where does he live? Does he still live around Baltimore?
3: I thought he's in Ohio.
0: I don't know. I know that. Um, this <laughs> he is a, can a brief. You
3: live anywhere the hell you want. Strange <laughs> tangent. How was this that?
0: is uh, this is a brief, even stranger tangent. Uh, he showed up at my wife's coffee shop last night. Um. <laughs> cause I live just outside of DC in Maryland and he was here to do apparently like a fundraiser or like a rally event for gubernatorial candidate Ben jealous. And like, I guess they heard how great this coffee shop was. So he came in and my wife just texted him and was like, so Dave Chappelle came in with some other people (laughs) and now they're just like outside in the parking lot, like smoking cigarettes or something. (laughs) And I was like, Oh man, like I just saw him in a star is born. He was so good in that movie. And then five minutes later, she texts back and said, he says, thanks, my man. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's really cute. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> so, you know, no, no one who I've ever talked about on this podcast has ever heard my praise for them, except for Dave Chappelle, um, <laughs> which is fine. I think that, uh, you know, Bill already shouted out Matthew Libatique, um, who also shot. Venom, which is also out this weekend. Oh no. (laughs) So it's just the weekend of Libatique, I guess. And I mean, he's like my favorite cinematographer. He to me is like
3: more than Lubeski? Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Like as far as like these like Enfant terrible, like handheld guys, like I think Libatique outdoes Lubesky. I think that he's a little more malleable and he he adapts better to the direction. You know I agree about this. (laughs) Yes. So this is me just sucking up to Michael. So, you know, in all ways, this movie is... It's... It's that kind of movie that we talk about is kind of not getting made anymore. It's just, like, a really good adult drama that, like...
3: Yeah.
0: It's just... it's, It's good. It's about people. You know, there's a point in the movie where they talk about how, like, all music is, like, 12 notes in between an octave. And... The only thing that you can do is like, it's like how you play those notes. And I think this movie, obviously it's a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake. And it's really good. Like you can tell what's going to happen. I have never seen any of the other stars born. I, I never saw either. any of the other stars get born, but <laughs> like even watching this and feeling the beats coming, I was just so invested in this relationship and these people And then, like, just the craft of the filmmaking was so good that even though it gets a tiny bit draggy, I was still wholly on board up through the end credits. And, like, what more can you ask of a movie but to keep you on board until it's over? (laughs) So, yeah, uh, four stars.
1: I I, I have a a, a weird addition um, that is just going to make – (laughs) <laughs> it's just gonna make Brian more more angry. Um, for some reason, like, I have a love hate relationship with golden doodles and like <laughs> they make this golden doodle in this film look so fluffy and look so like goofy and I was in love with it and I was like this dude is also making me fall in love with golden doodles like I can't believe what's going on in this fucking movie right now
0: as a person yeah. who has an incredibly fluffy dog I watched this movie and immediately was like I just want to go home and play with my dog
2: <laughs> I, I, I believe it's Bradley Cooper's dog is uh, it I believe I read girl? that yeah
0: wow <laughs> it makes sense because he really seems to like you know he's an actor or whatever but he really seems to love that dog <laughs> yes.
1: <I> love that <laughs> he doesn't eat in a fucking steak so you know
0: <laughs> i was gonna make a, a joke but it's a spoiler so lila we'll, uh, i'll just have to remember to talk about dogs and steaks at the end of this podcast um well
2: i mean but- i guess if if you want a little controversy in the podcast yes. i, I can say that like the uh the 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 camera technique and like some of the choices that Cooper made as a, as a director or whatever, um, you know, I I get I, I get tired of having you know like the camera constantly up in the faces of the characters. There's several scenes where important things are going on between Lady Gaga and and Cooper and uh, you know and they're they're both like I mean she's very much present in her body and he's a very good actor and. I would have liked, you know, to to pull back and see their body language every once in a while, not just their faces interrelating with one another. You know, and the, you know, kind of handheld bit or, or whatever, what what can I say I preferred George Cukor <laughs> and, and, and and Wellman as well. But, you know, I mean, it's it's not it's not to the point where, you know, I I cease to want to watch, you know, which I, I have gotten to that point in other movies. But, you know, Co- Cooper does enough to, you know, keep it smooth and watchable. But, it, it, you know, it wouldn't be my ideal.
0: I am. Um i can i can get behind that um there are certain times in movies where you know it's like what was it like black swan like you know i think that sort of kicked off some of this like well if it's a psychological thriller and it's really all about the characters we should just fucking put the camera in their face or conversely the back of their head and follow them as they walk through a crowd and that can get grating um i i think that um For me, I felt that every once in a while, but like, I don't know, like they're like Cooper's got this real interesting face in this movie. Um, he, he's got the beard and he's got like the tiredness and, um, he's like, I don't know if he's sunburned or if that's like (laughs) the Rosetta of like alcohol just beneath his cheeks. Um, but it's just like, he's got a really interesting face and they can't stop talking about what an interesting face Lady Gaga has. And I think her that nose. um, they break that kind of handheld aesthetic every once in a while for like very, very like intimate and intense moments. Um, when she first turns and looks at him, when she's singing "Lavie and Rose," when he touches her nose, mm-hmm. and moments like that. I think that a lot of like the the <laughs> the the impulse for a lot of directors would be. So we're going to break the realism and we're going to like make it real. uh, What's that movie? We're going to make it real American beauty-ish. Like everything's going to slow down. It's going to be dreamlike. But this instead, they just kind of like lock the camera down and like go head on. Mm. And like it it was still the same style but with a little more like clarity. And I think that that like even though it was still up close really like helped to pull me into those moments. And so while... I think that some wider shots to to read the body language might have been good. I think that they're just so expressive and you're so up close with them. And it makes the moments when the camera does pull back, for instance, like him being on the stage while she's watching him from the side stage or like her on SNL, just like all just pop a little more because now you're like seeing them from far away like their partner is seeing them because at that moment they're far away and like that's kind of obvious symbolism and it's it's not like super complex but i think in a movie like this that has ambitions to like reach the widest possible audience i think that it's it's still it's still something it still shows some level of thought while still attempting to be accessible
3: i I think it does but i i think that I, i think that what's kind of weird is I, I realized that i think this movie's tightly constructed but kind of languidly paced like i i think that uh as far as like the script goes i, I think this is a pretty uh, uh, i'll use the word uh, bulletproof which someone i can't remember who else used that unfortunately um but uh i i think that you know even when it comes to some of the performance footage i I don't need to see the whole performance of some of these things. Like if I felt the length at times, I don't know that I felt the certain, the same sense of, um, of reviewing character when we were watching these performances. And, and I, I want to say that my personal preference might just be that. So at, at least, or sorry, three of the previous stars star is born follow movie stars and i my personal preference is i like watching people on a movie set and you're seeing them when the cameras on and when the cameras off and that like meta textual relationship i personally like better than when people are on stage and like i i don't think this movie goes quite far enough with the with, with the body language again and and i don't think it you know i i i think bradley cooper's direction to i think it's I I can't complain about it, but there's very little about it that stands out to me. Um, If anything, I would have liked to even see him try something uh, like the strangest visual thing he does is right near the end, which is almost a dream sequence, uh, you know, is kind of bathed in neon light. And, And it's like a very different aesthetic than the rest of the movie. But like, other than that one sequence I I didn't notice a lot of other things other than what you said, Brian, which is handheld to let's find these exact moments to make, you know, totemic in their relationship. And, like, I like that, but something about it also just feels a little bit – I don't want to say perfunctory because there's too many smart, talented people behind and in front of the camera for it to be perfunctory. But it just – it wasn't quite enough for me.
2: Well, I mean, um, to like, to go back to the lovey on Rose, uh, scene um it's 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 very nicely done and I, I really like the uh the characters in that drag bar they're all of them are just you know wonderful you you feel like there could be a whole movie about like almost anybody <laughs> who's standing around or performing in that bar um but uh you know it it, it Again, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, cutting, like up in the face, a lot of, you know, it's a very restless camera movement. And there's not a lot of time to really kind of settle down into the way that, that Gaga is performing this song. You contrast it with um, the man that got away in the 54 version, James Mason. Again, he's like just looking for a drink. He wanders in and the musicians, they're just Playing, You know, to amuse themselves. It's not even a performance. And she's, you know, singing while they're playing. And it's it's very quietly staged and photographed, but it's unforgettable because Cukor is yeah. just letting Garland be Garland. Right. Um and I feel like you know I mean I think I think you could do that with Lady Gaga. You could you know you could settle the fuck down with the camera and just let her <laughs> and just let her be you know singing and and that would work too. But you know it's Cooper's movie to to do as as he wants. It, it just would not be my personal preference.
1: I think I think there's something interesting going on here where you know our introduction to Cooper And that sequence in particular is him coming off of a major bender um, fresh off of a, off of a concert and he's just looking to get hammered even more. And I feel like that aesthetic that follows him from getting off stage, getting in his car, going out to this random bar that he just finds is brought into his, own experience of seeing her perform and that's when the camera breaks is when it is uh, steady is him just kind of realizing a lot of this stuff is kind of easy to kind of look at and say okay well of course you know uh, Cooper is bringing some of the his drunkenness if his character is drunken and really tipsy a lot of the camera work is really wild and you know handheld and it's only when he's really really sober that we really kind of start to settle back down and i think i think that's important to kind of note is you know y'all are saying that why is the camera doing this and i think that's partly why the camera is is has so much motion behind it especially during that that first sequence when he comes a pro- across her in the in the drag bar well yeah that it's his,
0: it's his drinking and it's it's the the like our act of performing his art sure. it's like anything that like riles his mind up um i and you know it's it's an aesthetic choice everyone's going to have a different opinion about how it is and how it serves the story i am um, I do want to say while I'm thinking about it, though, I have alcoholism is a very easy thing for a movie to attempt to deploy or even a TV show because it it's it's a way for the character to be damaged and chemically altered without them being a criminal. Um, (laughs) You know, movies about heroin addicts become movies about being a heroin addict because like it necessarily takes over your life because It's illegal, and thus you are a criminal, and you have to do it in secret. Whereas movies about alcoholics, Mm -hmm. you could just go get a drink somewhere. You can go to the grocery store and pick up a thing of wine. So it's always interesting to me to watch a movie about an alcoholic and uh, pick it apart as a person who had a drinking problem. Um, And this movie made me deeply uncomfortable constantly because of how much of my own experience was like wrapped up in it and and like just the way that he poured into a glass was like it it like hurt to watch because like there's a there is a point when you're drinking where like it's not like in the movies where like the alcoholic will like open a bottle and like lovingly pour it in and be like ah muse like lover of mine i'm going to drink you it's like (laughs) when you're an alcoholic you actually give very little of a shit about alcohol as a substance you just want to get it in you so i was watching this movie and even like you know he has a hearing problem but just the way that like he kept like not paying attention and missing what people were saying when Mm -hmm. he was drinking and like the way that he would kind of slur and like people would just kind of like shrug it off because they knew that's just how he was i was just watching it being like oh fuck God, this is, like, this is real. This is, like, honest. Like, this this hurts to watch because, like, he would just open up a bottle, dump a bunch into a glass, and pick up the glass and walk away. And I was just like, yeah.
2: Did, that's, did how, you,
0: that's how you pour when you're drunk and want to drink more.
2: Did, did you say you hadn't seen the, the previous movies? Or, I had uh, not.
0: Um, yeah. And I mean, so, I, actually – before you say what you're gonna say I was super excited because I was going to ask and like prove myself to be quite an idiot and just say are they always singers so thank you Michael for making it known that sometimes they're actors
2: (laughs) um I mean I I think that all I think that as as we were saying before we got on the the air or the pod or whatever um that I mean I think all of the movies have always been very smart about alcoholism um, the uh the original story that What Price Hollywood, the first like incarnation of this material, was based on, was w- written by a woman named Adela Rogers St. John's, a uh, journalist, and um, she always claimed that she based it on a silent film star named Colleen Moore, who um, married a producer named John McCormick, who did a hell of a lot for her career, turned her into the emblem of flappers, but had a terrifying drinking problem. Problem. um but the the other fact is that um saint john's um, herself um, her father was a spectacularly successful attorney named earl rogers one of the most famous defense you know the johnny cochran of his time um but he was also an alcoholic and the interesting thing about him was that you know like the more successful he got the worse his drinking got he like sort of had himself convinced apparently that you know they were linked. So, you know, I mean it was even all all the way from the very beginning it was it was written by someone who really I think, you know, had and she herself developed a drinking problem later on too. So, you know, this was a woman who was really kind of steeped in it and um Hollywood also, you know, there were a lot of people, you know, then and now, who had drinking problems um you know the the first guy who plays the director figure in what price hollywood lowell sherman based a lot of his mannerisms on john barrymore famous alcoholic you can see it um in his performance, um, there are a, a lot of other people that are said to be, you know, models for the people in it. You know, in fact, like if you can fall down a fairly large rabbit hole in Google, like Googling <laughs> who were the origins for a lot of these characters. But I mean, I think um, I think that one of the reasons that this material works from movie to movie to movie is that it is always very um, very compassionate and very truthful about um about what it means to be an alcoholic and also you know through the the esther alley character you know what it means to love one you know codependency you know wanting to help them not being able to do it Mm -hmm. um that's surely something i mean how who Who can identify with becoming a star right you know, or like becoming a star, and then your husband's not as big a star, nobody identifies with that addiction and and struggling with it, loving somebody who's got this terrifying problem that's something a lot of people can identify with
0: yeah, definitely, and like he's he's and again, you know yeah. just to that level of insight into the the disease you know he's not he's not like a mean drunk mm-hmm. um not in the no. way. Not in the way that like movies mostly make a person to mean drunk, where it's like you take a drink and suddenly the devil has taken you over. He is still thoughtless and cruel, but in in like a very low key kind of way. Like he will sort of like thoughtlessly be like uh you know I just like, I'm I'm not I don't trying to be mean but like I just thought you wouldn't like suck so much when you got famous like I thought you would like stay yourself you know and it's just it's just cuz I love you and I think you're better than this and it just sucks that you suck now but I got to go I need to pass out and like just the way that like that happens like it's like what happened well he got wasted and he passed out so like he didn't actively say fuck going to like whatever i'm gonna sit here and still drink it's like he wanted to but you know he couldn't stand up and so i don't know like i just like that i liked like the compassion that was shown for like everyone in this movie like i there was
2: and and in that scene you also get to see lady gaga's face you know like while this man is like you know (laughs) saying these things to her like it's it's a mixture of of disbelief and just profound hurt it's really hard to watch
0: yeah Yeah. absolutely it's like it was you know i mean it's not easy um i have been that guy and dealt with that guy so like i would you know like i said and that's one of the things like i am i don't know for every group represented in this film but like i felt like it was a very if not if not authentic at least not stereotypical show for everyone like you know like you had said the um the drag queens like you could almost feel like there's a whole damn movie about them that's playing out that we don't get to see Mm -hmm. and in the trailers (laughs) in the trailers there's like the moment where it's like ali's got to go walk on the stage and there. in every every time i've seen the trailer and i have seen this trailer a lot because (laughs) the marketing budget for this movie must have been through the roof but you see behind her this very clearly like Coated as gay young man with his like hair up in a bun and his his uh, undercut with his hands in front of his face and then like when she starts to go he starts to do like a little clap and every time i saw the trailer i would say to myself if he is not her best friend if he is just some (laughs) Like you know, again, codified as gay, like backstage person, like if he's the person who met her at the gate to take her backstage, but he is still that like effusively happy. I'm gonna be furious because (laughs) the last thing this movie needs is like magical gay stranger who's just so supportive of Lady Gaga. But the fact that they like work together and know each other, suddenly like his excitement is like infectious, and I too i am just so excited to see her finally go up on stage and sing and um so yeah it's things like that that like really like invest me in this movie and like got me on board with the characters and like hooked me into them and kept me going through like the more predictable sort of draggy middle where it's like rise rise fall fall and everything was happening that you'd expect to happen
3: yeah i think it i think it does i i I feel like i'm now too mean to this movie because i (laughs) like this movie i just I guess most of my problems are
0: spoilery, but well, um, we'll get into that pretty pretty I, I, soon. But I want to
3: say that, like, I, I do, I, I do think to. While I may not agree to the same extent about Bradley Cooper's performance, I think that there are a lot of ticks in here that you don't quite. Or I shouldn't even say ticks. I should just say specificity in each of these characters. That very rarely do they feel. Stock, you, you know, whatever you want to say about this larger story, um, of where it ultimately ends up, like very few of these characters feel like they're only there. For instance, to give a speech, and like, yeah, Sam Elliott does get to give like a couple speeches that will probably end up giving him an Oscar, but like, but those, uh, there, there is like a, a, again a a sense of um, genuineness that you don't quite expect here. Like, even the conversations they have, they're not really, they are the beats you expect, but they're not how you expect them to quite go. Like, I, I just, I, 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 that's what I was continually surprised with, was how, how much it did care about the details, whether it is, as you're saying, Brian, like, that best friend who, like, shows up, You know, he he gets 20 to 30 minutes of screen time by the end of the movie, and, like, you understand why they're friends. Similarly, like, the Dave Chappelle character. Like, similarly, you know, like, the manager. Like, like all of these characters, like, they... No one at any point does anything where it's like, oh, I need to be the bad guy now. (laughs) Like, it, it makes sense why they react at every moment
0: now i'm getting more
3: general but um yeah i just i guess kind of wanted to co-sign a little bit with what you're saying brian
0: so that you don't come off as the (laughs) effusively negative person we all know you are (laughs) hang a reputation unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) um so does anyone have anything okay well before we go into spoilers actually uh do we want to do we want to talk about like the music and like if we thought it was particularly good or particularly bad.
1: God damn that, that first opening song, you know, I had heard, we've been talking on Slack about this film and, you know, uh, one of our listeners, uh, he'll, he'll like to shout out, uh, Jacob Seaver was talking about how he hates country music. And I was coming into this thinking this was going to be more crazy heart than kind of, uh, I don't, I mean, it, it is country, it's yes, like but old it's country. Yeah, it's it's starting with the with the heavy guitar and stuff sure. like that, and and he just shreds on the guitar. I don't know if it's actually him playing the guitar. Fuck me. Probably if it is. is. Yeah, I know. Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> but you know, like it just starts opening up, and you're just like. Holy shit, I, I like this song. And apparently like <laughs> Lily Nelson's son helped uh co write some of this stuff and
3: decent spell as well.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was pretty interesting how much I enjoyed the music. Um even the pop songs that, that Gaga ends up singing. Oh um Oh Bill. I <laughs> I was I was like no. I inter- look, I I think that I think that those songs would have been something that you would have filled a a album with. Now, are they are they highlight real songs? No, but I definitely like see some of the catchiness behind them and I was just like, ah, what, what like really you can't even like give me a real dud. So, yeah.
0: I mean <laughs> I don't know. The song <laughs> that she does on SNL is so bad.
1: <laughs> it's so like it uh we'll have
0: to talk it about is that. a no perfect parody of what a like breakout artist oh, would God. sing on snl and like a song that people would love that i would just hate with everything in me um <laughs> and yeah when we, crazy, get into, <laughs> when we get into spoilers we could talk more about her arc and, and how we feel like that goes I, but i'll say up front like she has kind of a liz fair thing going on she's got like you know she starts off with like exile and guy guyville i think and then when she's like big on the radio it's how what is that stupid song that she sang Why oh why uh, can't why i can't breathe? i breathe yeah and it's just like oh liz you don't have to do this <laughs> um but it is you know it's that it's that. hey man like you know you're really great but if you want to go big you got to you got to give it you got to give something to everyone and that's kind of like what this movie does it's like this movie could have been smaller and like more intense and i think that it strikes the sweet spot sort of that like jackson main probably wants to strike in his own work where he's like still able to play to a crowd but he feels like he's saying something worth saying so i don't um, know i just but like oh i just can't believe you said that that song was even halfway decent but like you know the big show stoppers for me all all really worked and like The opening song was great, which I can't remember anything like the name of. But, um...
3: Anytime Gaga's at a piano, like, you know you're going to get something really good.
0: And, like, they made it a big trailer moment. And so I thought that, like, the power of her, like, finally walking up and singing uh, Shallow was going to be, like, muted a bit. But it wasn't. Yeah. Can
3: we just say it's surprising that he remembered the lyrics? Like They just, like how did the band know what to play? How does, <laughs> well, he, I just do understand.
1: He mentions that he, he put their arrangement together. And yeah. I think he even, he even like, he's kind of, uh, bashful about it. He's like, it, it probably sucks, but I did put an arrangement together. Like he's been preparing for her. And he's like, show you
0: know, I'm going to go sing it anyway, but you should come yeah. and sing. Cause like he definitely wrote a first verse for himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then like you know her verse comes in and they work in the chorus that she like belted out but like you know i would assume if you're a musician uh you you can hold on to stuff like that a sure. lot better than us lay people do cuz i'll hear a song on the <laughs> radio like 20 times in a single day come home and be like i heard that song i hate you know the one that's like da 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 but uh i don't know maybe it doesn't go like that but it's definitely like it sucks you know that one but he apparently oh. he apparently steel traps it <laughs> and like also part of me is just like it's a movie like i'm fine with him somehow her coming up and like just knowing that there is a point where she's allowed to just belt out all that like i don't know it, it doesn't make any sense logistically but goddamn if it doesn't work <laughs> as a movie
3: yep all right, I have two final things so we can get into spoilers. One is the backstory of how Sam Elliott is his brother is amazing.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, okay. That's not a I spoiler, mean, Bill. Did uh, you say why? <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, just the, just the fact that Sam Elliott is his brother and, like, <laughs> they do go out of their way to explain it.
3: In the most bizarre way possible, um, and the other thing is, I, so I was seeing some people on Twitter talk about this. So I wanted to briefly ask all of you. I, I don't know if I believe that this person. I, I'm just trying to understand the timeline of when Jackson Maine was a star. Are we supposed? So we're supposed to think maybe he's ten years plus
0: past his prime. So this is like. He didn't. They say he did his European tour in like oh four.
3: Yeah, was it ninety four? Is it oh four? I think his it was 04. first his first European tour. So okay. Yeah. okay, and he said that was ten over. years in. So he started in ninety four, and rose in the nineties. So like he was being played on the radio at the same time as well. Like, no, because I mean like
0: if he if he didn't go on a European tour until o four it's possible that he didn't really hit big until like two thousand two you know in that brief That's period true. after September eleventh when everyone loved country music <laughs> God bless the
1: <laughs> that timeline is is real harsh Brian <laughs> no
3: I'm just I'm really trying to understand. I I, I just, for some reason, I can't really figure out what the analog is for Jackson Maine in the modern day. Like, you know, I see like see like a Sturgill Simpson or an Eric Church or you know, two country rock stars right now. But like, I just don't understand how he's quite as big as he is for the sound he has. Like, it's not like it's it's super palatable to a, a large audience or maybe I'm overthinking this and you guys didn't think about this at all
0: I didn't think this sounds like popular music to me <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I think I, I think all, almost all of these films that follow like a music artist they are reaching for the pinnacle of what is good music that should appeal to everybody it's not necessarily actual music that will appeal to everybody does that make sense like you're you're trying to say is he really popular? Because I don't really think he should be. And I'm saying it's a fucking movie. So you just have to kind of accept it on its terms of it saying this is popular music. And like like this guy clearly gives a shit about music. And he wouldn't be singing stuff that like he didn't really feel well, heartfelt
0: about. I'll say this. A friend of mine in Texas sent me a video last night. She was at a um, a concert of some kind and like she was in the back and she's shooting over this huge crowd at this like band on the stage and their name is behind them and it looks massive and i've never heard of these freaking people before so like there is oh. you know i think there's a, a population out there that would love some jackson Maine. i mean wasn't lady antebellum really big well,
1: yeah. let, did, let me did i like let them let me, <laughs> no. let me let me drop let me drop this on y'all um if you're not in, into country music country music is fucking gigantic oh, it yes. will fill a stadium with a band that you've never heard that you probably wouldn't even like well that's and what i'm it's saying it's like, is like
0: jackson maine probably had like a couple crossover hits mm-hmm. and then had to go back and like just you know, have fun being famous to like the entire middle of the country instead of the coasts. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And he could just be playing a bunch of Lala gigs and shit like that. You know, yeah. that, that crowd may not necessarily just be it's there like for fifth him.
0: name on the festival thing. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you
3: guys humoring me. <laughs>
0: okay. uh, Farron, anything to say before we move into spoilers?
2: I I never once thought about whether or not he really would have been a <laughs> pop star.
0: I didn't either uh, until Michael say. brought it up. Uh, boy. Geez. Way to go, Mike. Can we get him off the podcast? Uh, been trying to force him off, but he's just very punctual. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's talk spoilers for A Star is Born. If you haven't seen the movie, it's out in theaters now. Go check it out. Um the thing that I was going to say earlier that would have been a spoiler, uh, Bill, when you were talking about making a steak for a dog, if I were going to kill myself, I would 100% make my dog a steak before doing it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It looked like a good steak, oh, too. Geez.
0: My one concern is, is, like, can that dog eat that steak? Like, should he have maybe cut yeah. it up a little
1: bit? I, I, yeah, y- you know, look, I think I think we we spoon feed dogs a little bit too much. They They were, you know wolves at some point not not that fucking creature but um definitely you know a lot of their lineage is is to the wolf not, not a for gold- golden
0: doodles it's just <laughs> yeah,
3: <amazing>. definitely charlie
0: because <laughs> like i've got a husky i'm pretty sure she could chew through a steak if it was like if it wasn't like charred you know like i think if i left it but anyway so yeah what we're saying is um jackson Maine uh at some point um pisses himself when his wife wins the best new artist grammy um what a, what funny a joke that I made during the uh the pre-roll before we started recording is but who cares it's the Grammys. Um <laughs> just to throw that one out there. He goes to rehab, cleans up, makes amends with like his brother and comes home and helps to kind of compose a new song with his wife and then and then this fucking asshole, you know, European producer comes over yeah tells him that he sucks and then he hangs himself in his garage so how much do we hate that producer and how much (laughs) do we already hate him as like i think if there's a thing in this movie that i would like maybe like talk to bradley cooper about and just be like hey man like you know i don't want to tell you how to do your thing but like the shitty you know british i guess producer guy is just a little he's a little obvious don't you think
2: well I mean there there are there are characters that are analogous to him in in the other movies I think um yeah like, like in, in the 50s Matt Libby yeah you have um you have uh, Jack Carson going off on 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 uh James Mason's Norman Maine in a bar or whatever but um but i I guess one one difference and you know it may or may not be important is that um in in those cases what happens is uh the actor goes back to to drinking and uh and then you know Vicky the new star is going to give up her career for him, and then that's what prompts him to kill himself. And in those movies, they also do it in a way, you know, where she's got some deniability, right? You know, you don't want
0: to have her being Courtney loved
2: yeah in in the in the first movie um he shoots himself in her bedroom so there's no deniability there but in the in the um in the other ones you know he like he walks into the sea he drives his car off into the desert um, it's done in a way to where she could hang on to the possibility that maybe he wasn't actually trying to kill himself i mean she probably does know but she's got like maybe that kind of small comfort whereas that's not the case in this movie you know um I'm still I'm- kind of turning that choice over in my mind but. I'm
0: curious he drives into the desert
2: I, okay it's been you know like <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm worried about humiliating myself here because I have not that is the one that I did not refresh my memory but as that's I recall the,
1: that's the Christopherson
2: yeah, the Kristofferson. Okay. He, he he drives his car off into the desert and, like, wrecks it, is what I recall.
0: <laughs> okay, so, I was wondering if he, know, like, I just... I
2: apologize to the listeners if I have that wrong, but I think that's it, so... <laughs> I was curious
0: if he, like, drove it into a gorge, or if he just, like, drove until he ran out of gas, knowing that he'd never make it out alive. No, no, no,
2: he crashes
3: Where? it. I'm sorry, friend. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I'm th- I'm pretty sure he crashes it. So... Like, you guys talk about something else, and I'm going to look this up. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, He's driving, and he's drinking, um, and so he's driving incredibly fast, and then it cuts uh, of him going over a road to where we can't see him, and then it cuts directly to a helicopter right over a crashed car.
2: That sounds right, yeah. So we don't see the
3: crash.
0: I was wondering if he was, like, pulling a self-inflicted Jerry... Is really what I was curious about, but apparently not.
3: It's actually a, a, a weirdly well directed scene in in the in a movie I really didn't like, but it's a pretty interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, and in this one, he he takes a handful of pills and then hangs himself.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, like a, that's that's an ugly thing to have your wife come home to. So it's it's a very different kind of choice.
0: Luckily, so. they sent someone to the house to look for him. So like maybe she wasn't even sure. there before they got him down. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So it's so this so this is a like this is a reoccurring plot point because I figured yes. that it might be. It definitely felt like it should be, but I was just I don't know. It was a little. I was, I guess I was curious if he was doing it out of his own despair over himself and what he had done or out of the worry that he would at some point destroy her career.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's the second in okay. in, yeah. their, in in all of the the movies. It's the second. The idea that you know he's he's going to be a burden. You know, in um in what price Hollywood? You know, he's uh he's her career is already like kind of starting to slide a bit. Um, in the the two stars boy. The, the Vicki Lester has has said she's going to you know like um, put aside some part of her career, give it up altogether, and and just take care of him. And uh, no. and he he can't do it; he doesn't feel worthy, you know. So it's it's there's a certain nobility to it in all of those movies. So it is um, him basically
0: <laughs> saying like she doesn't want to go on her European tour to stay for me, so I'm gonna sure. take myself out of the equation. That scans. Um,
2: yeah. It, I think that's much more the motive than the asshole producer. I, you know, the, the asshole yeah. producer just kind of brings it home to him. So then when, you know, when Gaga reaffirms it, then he really knows. I don't know. I that's still blame
0: certain. the asshole producer, in all honesty. <laughs> <He's so laughs> just because he's got, he's a smarmy little shit. Like, <laughs> I kind of like that hate scene. Him.
3: I, I might be alone, I guess, in this. I, I think that scene was done really well. Um, of the producer certainly... talking to him? Yeah,
1: I, I, who, I think who, it's certainly. Who is farming. that
2: actor? He's really good.
1: Raffi Gavron.
0: Yeah. yeah, which is funny because his character's name is Rez Gavron. <laughs>
3: mhm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with him, but he's. Uh, he's he was good in that. I, you know, I guess I, the thing I'd, I'd like to ask all of you, and especially uh, fairness, is, is about. You know, I don't. I, I don't know. How I feel about the final scene of this movie? Yeah, the final sequence of this movie is essentially Lebatiq. You know, um, you know, doing swirling around Lady Gaga as she's singing a song that uh, Jackson never got to sing in his life, and, and then uh, I, I like how halfway through it, it does cut to actually him playing it on piano, but I think that it's a really weird choice ending with that. I, I think that the other films have done that as well. Um, I have done some form of her paying tribute to, um, you know, sorry, the Jackson main character or the, uh, sorry, the, the person who has died. But I, there's something about the way that this one did it that, had a sense of ego that I can't place my finger on that takes it away from Allie's character. And so I'm just, I'm curious what you guys thought of that final sequence.
0: I, um, just, just to go first. Um, I really liked it. I, um, I found the switch from the, the performance that she was doing to that moment, I guess when he first showed her how he thought it should sound, was uh was really beautiful. It was it was kind of like taking their last, you know, cuz they they bonded, they found each other over this weird kind of quirky creative moment that they had and it was kind of bringing that home again. You know, she she saw that he was still in there and he you know, gave her this song that was kind of clearly about her and then she was able to go you know, there's the the movie doesn't like hammer home A theme really intensely but definitely it talks a lot about like using your voice like you have the spotlight for however long you have it and you've got to speak you've got to you've got to like say what's on your mind and in your heart for however loudly you can for however much time you have and so it's interesting to me that like she is in the end literally in a spotlight and you know has this giant this crowd and is is using that moment to like basically just show the world like the love that they had in the same way that they did when they did shallow together for the first time.
1: Mm -hmm. I really liked the moment. I I thought it was beautiful and I I love the way that it kind of flashes back to, to them having that moment. It really, really was just kind of emotionally resonant to, to also like get inside her head almost in a bit like, experiencing what she was kind of going through like realizing you know how the origins of that song and everything like that
2: i mean in in the like in the in the the Thirty-seven and the and the the fifty-four, um, it it's a, a huge moment in terms of emotional resonance. It's not a big production number like it is here. You know, this this yeah. like owes more to like the seventy-six. But you know, it I, I have to say it 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 did work for me. You know, like almost in spite of myself, it's like oh God, of course <laughs> it has to be an orchestra, and of course she has to be wearing a strapless gown and her hair up and every you know, and you know, and even 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 as like one part of like my brain was kind of no the other part was going, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I mean I I I cannot tell a lie. It it got me good. Yeah. It like, me,
0: so. it, it's the perfect like cynicism murdering song. Oh, especially yeah. <laughs> like the switch back. Because you're like, you see this like grand production and then you see like like it almost feels like that production would be so ostentatious if it weren't for the fact that the movie cuts back and just shows you the the song and it's like sure. raw form and like all the emotional power behind it and like all those people in the audience will not have spent two hours and 14 or 16 minutes with you know watching bradley cooper and lady gaga get to know one another um and thus the only way to make a stranger feel everything that she felt when she first heard it was to like give it that I think I think the yeah, Let's best let's hear way... what Michael has to say about this. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm
3: sorry. Did I did I, <laughs> did I interrupt, Frank?
0: No, no, go for it.
3: No, I, seriously, please go ahead.
0: No, I think I was done. I just wanted to mock you for being like, well, like I hear you, but.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I'm gonna use this to. I, I promise, I'm gonna get to actually something productive. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess it kind of bothers me in the way that a lot of this film views authenticity and views real songwriting does. Like, I I can't help but think about the way that so much of this movie wants to be, like, respectable. Like, Mm -hmm. going back, interestingly enough, to it taking place at a... a, beginning in a drag club. And we don't see any of... You know, we see briefly a drag performer start to lip-sync at last. But then it immediately goes into lavian Rose and it's theatrical but it's not theatrical in like a you know a way that you would usually expect in, in a drag club you know there's a it, there's not a you know it it's weird to say because obviously Olavien Rose is something that is very theatrical by its very nature but just the way that this movie then views songwriting and music for the rest of it the way that Labattik is constantly closing up on uh, doing close-ups of Bradley Cooper's guitar solos. The the way that the way that this movie views pop music in every part of it not just the SNL bit but uh, the choreography being this mechanical thing that she doesn't want to do um, the, pop music only being about having to change her identity as it uh, relates to her hair like the the billboards the con- the consumerism and the corporatism like i just i really really I know that I'm bringing something unfair and trying to read into some larger, um, into some larger view overall of like pop music and stuff. And as you guys were saying, it's, it's, I'd be really curious to hear what Lady Gaga would have to say about, (laughs) about this.
0: I mean, she was in the movie. Yeah.
1: But she didn't write it. I, I, but she, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think like let's 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 focus here on a couple of things, right? Sure. Um she is definitely not a writer of this film but was definitely a collaborator. Um the nose thing is so specifically on point with her. Sure. Um the uh drag thing, that's sure. definitely something that probably came from her. Um so I think she's bringing a ton of baggage and a ton of her own experiences into this film to help shape it and help turn it into what it is so i understand that you're kind of second guessing like how into it was she but i think she had a lot of say into what this film ultimately says about pop music and it's not that uh jackson Maine is necessarily correct It's that there is a sketchy side to pop music. There is a side – there is a corporatization of a lot of that stuff. And you can give into it or you can try and fight your way out of it. Um, She had a very meteoric rise that seems almost – like impossible without the corporatization behind her in a lot of ways. Right. Like and so, she
0: didn't have to try for 10 years to get a European tour. Exactly. Like, and I think that, yeah. I think that more than, I don't think that it's pop in general. I think it's pop specific to this character because mm-hmm. he, he even says like when she, when she brings his, his like loose leaf that he'd tucked into her song journal, um, he even says, like, yeah, I like, you know, it kind of poured out of me and I put it in there and I I put it into your book. So, that, like, whenever you went back to your book, you'd find it. And it's very clear in that moment that it's been a while since she's cracked open that book. And, like, I think it's it's one thing to see someone who, like, is a dancer and can just belt the words out and get auto-tuned and sound good. But it's it's another to have someone who very clearly, like, has a voice and an opinion. And that's, like, the reason that he, like fell for her is because of the depth of her songwriting and it's like clarity. And so then to see her singing about jeans and asses, I don't even remember Mm -hmm. the lyrics to that song because I hated it so much instantly that my brain eradicated them. It's like, (laughs) like what do you think you're doing in those jeans? Like what do you think you're doing with that ass or something?
3: That Mm -hmm. commentary is so toothless. Like there's not... I, I a, don't think it...
0: Sorry, I don't know if... It, I think you're viewing it as a social commentary when it, what it really is is a character commentary.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: hmm But I, I don't necessarily believe... You know, I, I I think Bell makes a good point, but I'm not sure that I agree that the film isn't on Bradley Cooper's side. I mean, by the very nature... Like, if you want to read this as... Ah, that's a breach. I don't know. I, I think that, the, the it, again, though, I think the way the camera values very specific forms of music is telling to me. I, I think the way that, and and I, there is certainly a case to be made that Bradley Cooper, Cooper's character sees, you know, the Alipop persona as a betrayal of, of her like potential and possibility, but I'm not sure that the film doesn't also have that certain elitism. I, and, and I think it's I think it's odd because the other stars borns do have a very kind of tart and uh, you know <laughs> love hate relationship with their, you know, chosen apparatus, whether it be Hollywood or the music industry or things like that. Like that's always kind of been a part of it, but there's something there's something here that feels overly blunt to me that doesn't work as either or it especially doesn't work if the film is actually trying to represent that as some salient point. But even as a character commentary, I don't think that's enough. Especially given how much time is spent on it. Like, at the end of the day, I'm finding that while I find this film emotionally resonant, I don't know what to take from a lot of its larger ideas. And I think it wants me to take something from it, or else it wouldn't spend so much
0: time on it. Like, I I am curious what Farron thinks.
2: Um, You you mean about the way it it treats um, the direction uh, that Allie's career takes?
0: Yeah. Um, Do you think it's making like a broader point about the disposability and like lack of any real substance behind pop? Or do you think it's specifically zeroing in on her kind of squandering maybe her voice in order to just...
2: Well, I mean I I do think it, it's it's still kind of in, in tune with uh with the, the the movies that have gone before, right? Um, you know, I mean they they in in both in the earlier iterations you see um, the woman as she, you know, becomes a a, a star, you know, maybe increasingly doing things, you know, because they're going to make a lot of money, and not because, mm-hmm. you know, not because they're art, you know. And, uh, you know, it, in all of them, too, you know, you see Norman Maine, Jackson Maine, whoever he is, um, being a little mournful about losing that part of her. I do think cooper emphasizes it more than the others do um i think um i I think that you know there's the the idea that she's um you know not doing her own stuff and there you have you know like the whole idea of of a voice you know so she's you know mm-hmm. become like she's become like the purveyor of these pop songs she is no longer the creator of mm-hmm. them um and uh and then just overall um and you know if, you know, in a, in addition to some of the things I, I didn't like maybe about the, the camera work, if I have a problem with the movie, it's this. Um, she's, she- there's not nearly as much emphasis on her in the second half of the movie. Um, you know, my friend Carrie Rickey, when she reviewed it, also talked about this. You know, I, I wouldn't say she disappears, but um, you don't spend as much time with her as a, as a person. You know, you're not in her head as often. Mm. You know, much more often you're like with with Jackson and looking at him. You know, kind of circle the drain. Um, so I I think. Um, I think maybe um, maybe uh, you know like, like what you know our, our friend is uh, is seeing here is like you know a, a, a lessened emphasis on Gaga's character in in the the second half, which you know it's not movie ruining to me by a long shot, but it's it's definitely there. I mean, there's a number of critics who have noted it.
0: I, and I noted it too, but I think part of it was just like it's a lot more dynamic to watch this guy fall apart than to watch her succeed. There's a there's a reason that whenever someone's doing well in a movie, it's a montage. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because like there's like no dramatic tension in watching someone make it. Especially not hers because
1: hers seems so fucking effortless. Like it's just like she got a million hits on YouTube and then she got a record deal basically thrust upon her after one song (laughs) and then she's like announced that she's been nam- nominated for 3 Grammys and you're just like what the fuck is even going on <laughs> has she even released her album and you're just like
2: what is <laughs> jesus christ yeah.
1: and, and like i mean i was i was stunned having not seen any of the other films i was absolutely flabbergasted by how fast she just shoots out into outer space i was like i I wasn't sure
0: how fast it was because i I kept trying to like find things that would tell me how much time had passed yeah so like the dog became one of those (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sure, there's, sure.
2: there's yeah there's there's really not a lot of time markers in this movie it would be very hard for me to say it takes place over a year two years you know um, it could be
0: seven six months. like yeah. really it's impossible to know
2: <laughs> yeah
0: because like he's in the alcohol rehabilitation program for like three months isn't he
2: yeah.
0: yeah and so like really it's like they get that dog and it's a puppy like not <laughs> newborn puppy, but still pretty young, and then at the end, it is a very large dog. And so I was like, I'm going to assume that at least one year has passed. <laughs> but yeah, let's I mean talk about the dog. <laughs> let let yeah, let's. Just, I mean that scene where he's playing with that dog. I was like, oh my god, that dog looks so fucking happy right now.
3: <laughs> Eat your heart out, Malik.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would love Matthew Libatique to work with Malik. Anyway, uh, (laughs) let's not turn this into another thing where I just talk about Malick, even though I watched the uh, three-hour extended cut of Tree of Life last night. (laughs) Uh,
1: She does mention how difficult it is to write an album after – not necessarily and i I think i think one thing that's interesting about this is how different that seems for so many artists in the in the public's eye because it's usually the first album which is usually kind of a conglomerate of like them doing several small tours before they signed with a major label and then they sign with the major label and it's like oh yeah here's five years of work all into one album and then the sophomore album is them being like oh no no that was that was that was all all my shit like what, <laughs> what do you mean a second album like I've album been slumped. One, yeah and well that's so, like it's, for it's her, the same thing with
0: like shrunk. novelists too you always see in the movies it's like you had a hit novel when's the next one coming out it's like it took me 13 years to write the first one <laughs> yeah. you just didn't yeah. know me then
1: <laughs> yep yep <laughs> So yeah, I found found that very interesting because it's almost like she was so afraid of writing her own songs that she didn't, she like literally didn't, (laughs) you know, and it was just like, okay. And then she, she had a hit song and she had a hit single and it was like, okay, and what else you got? And it's like, oh shit. Um, I, those were kind of, those two and it's just like oh (laughs) you know and she's like she's like I gotta write a fucking album like what did I do to myself and you're just like you didn't have material already I thought you did so yeah I found that very interesting and and I thought you know I'm not sure where that's coming from but I think it's it's interesting that it's obviously being portrayed by Lady Gaga and it's like yeah, I can I can see why that's a nightmare scenario where you're just like shit. I don't know how to record music. I don't know how to do any of this shit. I don't perform my own music. I don't make my own arrangements because I've never sung this shit. And now you want me to create a whole fucking album and it's just like, can I not be a pop star? Can, can I can... <laughs> we just like sell a single? Can can that happen?
0: I think um I think if we were to stay with her more in the second half, we would have had to have more of her bucking against rez was his name i think yeah Mm -hmm. rez um and i think she's
1: definitely gonna fire him for
0: sure (laughs) (laughs) but like during those moments when when like so like she she's like i don't want backup dancers and i don't want to dye my hair fucking platinum blonde so they kind of like land on okay no dancers for now um and then you can you can go red and like at that point it seems like after that she's kind of like given up fighting like he has worn her down and she's like well this is how it's done and so like the the way to stay with her it's either gonna be like a requiem for a dream-esque nightmare where she just like gets talked into doing a nose job or it's gonna be you're watching this woman like just say yes to this guy constantly and so i feel like you know if we want her to have this ascendant rise we have to kind of not watch it because it's either going to be Mm -hmm. depressing and kind of um, agency robbing for her or it's going to be something else and it's almost like if you really wanted to be uncharitable to the jackson main character it's like if he weren't so goddamn drunk all the time maybe he could have walked into some of these meetings with her and like helped her to assert her own personality a little more over the forming of her her persona but he wasn't he was very drunk and he was never there
3: i think it's bizarre that you can imply that though like doesn't that say something damning about the movie that that's partly a a, a characteristic what do you mean a, a, it, doesn't it say something damning that uh, they make lady gaga's character such that she is defined by this inability to assert her own voice well
0: she is like, and that
3: she needs Bradley Cooper like I there's something sorry good
0: I don't think so because in the end she is still very protective of the song that she's sang. and I think that like she d- wins enough battles to let you know that she's not wholly against what they've done to her like i think
1: she's chosen her hair color and she also you know has willingly gone back in with the backup dancers
0: yeah so like it seems as though he he wanted her to like struggle for 10 years like he did and she wanted to work within the system and like that's i think that that's basically what's what's being said and i think that like much again be super interesting to just like get a director's or not a director's commentary but like a commentary track from lady gaga where she just talks about how every scene of ali's journey relates to her own because like we said like that's sort of the thing that that she did and i think that that metatextual thing is also very interesting but like just how it is in the movie is also interesting and i don't know michael i can't i just can't I can usually I could usually see what you're saying at least a little bit but in this in this case
3: that's the very nice way to say what the fuck is wrong with you
0: I just think you're like putting a lot on this movie like you're 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 talking about how it like denigrates pop music and now you're saying that like it's robbing its primary female protagonist of of agency in a in a weird way and I just like you know I don't think that that's true. And it's it's weird Cooper's to me that kind you're kind of, of coming me. at it with that. <laughs> <laughs> just honest. Yeah,
2: you know I, what I I don't think it robs her of of agency. I think she's her own person, you know, right to the the bitter end. I mean, one of the last things you see her doing is defying Rez or or whatever. You know, we 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 know how he feels about the European tour and um and she's like told him you know that she wants it her way he says no way and so we we see that she's canceled it rather than you know go along with her her jerk producer right um so i mean i think she's she's still very much her own person i think it's just that you know the the movie perceptibly is somewhat less interested in her in in the Mm -hmm. second half you know i'm not saying it's uninterested in her you know (laughs) she's still there very much there you know and there's still a lot going on with her it's just that you know we we have shifted a bit more towards jackson i think at that point
0: yeah and like i said some of that just comes down to like you know, it's just going it, to, it's almost like it's either going to be even more of a bummer for him or it would just be like boring if it's just like, congratulations, Ali, like another hundred units moved and like, you're just so <laughs> great. Like everybody loves you. It's like, here's a photo shoot. Like it, it, like even up to the point where they're like, you've been nominated for three Grammys, including like best new artist. And I was just like, wow, everything is working out for Ali, isn't it? <laughs> just like, oh, everything man. <laughs> I, um, yeah, and her,
1: her her poor fucking husband can't even like do the tribute to Roy Orbison as the singer and the guitarist. he can be the back singer. Like sucked.
3: <laughs> you guys know who that is, right? No, I have no idea. That's uh, Marlon Jennings, oh, That's Waylon Mike. Jennings' son. Yeah, I was Waylon about to say
0: good. son of Waylon.
3: Or, no, oh my gosh, Marlon Williams. Never mind. Ignore. <laughs> Hank
1: Williams' son. No. Yes. is he someone's son is he someone <laughs> <laughs> is he not no. Willie Nelson he's
0: No, not. He, he's, not he's an award winning singer songwriter from <laughs> no, no, Littleton God. New Zealand
1: Jesus Christ who the fuck yeah is? like Willie Nelson
2: <laughs> he, he, has a, he has a very nice clean pure tenor that is not unlike you know Roy Orbison but you know clearly at that point in the movie we don't give a shit we want jackson to be singing the song
0: but see that's uh, so weird because i i felt like he was the exact wrong choice for roy Roy orbison like and i don't know if like he was coached to do it not well in the movie (laughs) you know so we could feel the sting because i feel like if he was really good we'd be like well you know jackson i mean this guy's pretty great but i just i also think that the arrangement of pretty woman that they were playing was bad like and I like Pretty Woman is one of the first songs that I remember as a child loving. Um, it's a really I don't know good how, song. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> fucking great. I um I, I sing it at karaoke. Um, <laughs> and like I feel like I do a better job than those people did, and I don't feel like I ever feel like I do anything better than anyone does. So it's really weird to find out that he's a actual singer songwriter. Um, I just have to assume <laughs> that like. It's
3: time. What was I'm that? Sorry, I just wanted to recommend uh, Black and White Night, which is one of my favorite concert films ever. It's one of it's a Roy Orbison concert oh. from the 80s. Yeah, I think it's the 80s. Huh. Uh, it's a, called Black and White Night, though, and it's fantastic. Like Tom Waits is in it, Bruce Springsteen, um, a whole bevy of other guests who so I can't remember at the moment. But yeah, so the, uh... I
0: just wanted to see mention that this is a fun family thing my father who is retired from nasa has decided to go back to school for um music so he's in college now for music and um it's like him and a bunch of like 20 year olds uh and they had a they had a like a, a halloween costume party thing and he was roy orbison and i was the only person in my family to get it when he sent out the ah. picture, but he went to that party and because all of these people were singing nerds and music nerds, everyone knew who he was. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Roy Orbison, big part of my life, apparently. Didn't even realize that till now. Um, so, yeah, uh, we, we've been talking for a while. Does anyone have any final, like, decisive things they want to say or anything that we haven't talked about that we'd like to get out before we uh, wrap up? michael any final dismissive or...
3: <laughs> trying to think if there's any final uh devil's advocate things i can say i don't, I don't think so though
0: farron anything that you want to
2: i i would just you know i've been would... Urge anybody who's listening to this podcast who's only seen like the this particular star is born to to go back to the earlier ones because um you know I think that you may discover, you know, that you like them quite a lot. The beats are very similar. It's very interesting to see how um how things have changed and not changed in watching them. So, um, you know, I mean, I know because I've spoken to them that a lot of people have gone back to see what price Hollywood, um, which is probably the most different of all of the adaptations. And that to me is very much a good thing. It's a great movie.
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to checking, checking out some of the other ones. If I had had, more time this weekend, I might have done it, but instead I watched a bunch of other stuff.
2: Yeah, I, I, I hear you. That's why I didn't get back to could... the 76. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, how does he kill himself? Uh-huh. <laughs> so,
1: My whole thing so is, is like... A you could recommend, thing. If you could re- recommend two of those, of what, the five? Right? Uh,
2: there's, yeah. there's, this, this is... Wait, okay. This is number five. Yeah. Um, and okay. uh, so there's four previous ones. I mean, I... I don't know. I like, I think like the first three are all essential in their own way. What price Hollywood, um, if you like pre-code movies, it's a, uh, it's a pre-code. It's got a lot of interesting things. And what, what makes it unique is that the relationship is not a romance. They're just friends. Um, yeah. Her and, and the director. Um, there's uh, you know, some kind of subtle hints that maybe the director is actually gay. Yeah. Um, you know, it, that's not mm-hmm. come out and stated. It's like if you're familiar with films of the period, you're, you know, mm-hmm. there's a couple of places where your eyebrows go up. <laughs> um, so, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's really beautiful to look at. And it's got a really sharp kind of cutting script. So I've, I really like that one a lot um the the william wellman version um both of the actors are very good um Frederick March is probably my favorite like norman Maine <laughs> character of of all of these and then um and then the fifty four you have Judy Garland and um like several really superb musical numbers and her her performance is just amazing i mean if if you if you are not familiar with Judy Garland, the actress, you know, as opposed to the musical performer, this movie will blow you away. And then, you know, I mean, I'll probably get around to seeing the 76 again. <laughs> if, if if nothing else, it's an amazing time capsule. I mean, I was just looking at the stills and like the uh, the set decoration and the costumes and, like, and all the hair <laughs> you know, um, or really something. Yeah,
3: I didn't know until today Joan Didion apparently had a co uh scriptwriting credit on the seventy six right. one.
2: I think with her husband, John Gregory Dunn. Um oh, I, I don't know okay. I don't know how much uh, they they, you know, kind of um bragged about that after it came out and they saw the reviews, but it was a huge hit. <laughs> it was yeah. a very big hit.
0: <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, that is our review of A Star Is Born out in theaters now check it out um it'll probably this is one of this is one of those movies that like the first premiere at like a film festival and like every headline was like well we know it's gonna win best picture mm-hmm. and um i have this to will say be planned for
3: six months at
0: least <laughs> this is gonna have legs i feel and um but i have I to say having seen it now i don't think i would be mad if this won best picture
2: like
0: you know <laughs> uh, yeah. i have it's, been furious it's, it's, at some it's best more, picture it's more choices.
2: fun than a lot of best pictures i've seen I've, i will say that yeah <laughs> it was yeah. more more genuinely entertaining than a number of the ones that have run in recent years so uh, True.
0: <laughs> yeah and i'm not saying i'd root for it like i saw another film this weekend that i would rather have win best picture but like if this one did it wouldn't be like when the artist won when i like almost set my house on fire you know <laughs> so if it happens i'm just gonna say it right now you know like what eight months before six months i don't know it doesn't matter how many months before the oscars if this wins i will be fine with it
3: you just said the oscars so we need to end this podcast immediately
0: no man it's october now baby it's oscar season i've started getting screeners it's on it is on Let's talk about uh, Damien Chazelle. Will he be No. All right. Uh, so let's uh let's wrap it up. Started to go crazy. Um again, we are brought to you by Movie, the online streaming cinema. Uh October is not just Oscar season, it is also the prelude to Halloween. So of course there's some great horror movies on Movie. Again, I want to point out Pontypool, which Michael Snydell says is a great movie, and that's the rare kind Positive thing that he says, so check it out. <laughs> it's uh supposed to be really good. I know that I'll be watching it. Um you can get a free 30-day trial movie by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. And of course, uh you can give to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash film filmstage show, where you will get access to our super cool Slack channel so that you can be in on all the jokes and the talking and the stuff and the weirdness and the anger and the hatred and the tears that go on in the slack channel and um yeah that's uh that's about it so let's uh tell the fine people where we can be found between now and the next time that we're podcasting with them farron as our guest why don't you go first where can you be found on the internet for anyone who's interested in viewing more of your work
2: uh, well, you know, there is uh, there is always my blog, self styled siren. Um, I, my last uh, big piece was in Sight and Sound on the films and career of Joan Crawford, and uh, I continue to uh, to publish here and there. So uh, just you know, keep an eye out.
0: All right, Bill Graham.
1: Uh, You can find me just listening to this soundtrack on uh, the Slack channel, mixing it up, and on Twitter,
0: at CableBFG. All right, Michael Snydell. You can find me
3: very slowly catching up on Hooptober on uh, Twitter, at at Snydell, and I'll also have some pieces coming relatively soon. The Chicago International Film Festival is uh, starting later this week. So, I'll be doing some things, and you might hear some things from me uh, mm-hmm. also related to that festival uh, if things go through. So, maybe keep your eye out for that.
0: All right. And of course, you can find me. Uh, my personal site is back on its legs uh, DearFilm.net, Brianjeron.com. and of course, uh, the Filmstage.com, where you can find all of our stuff and every episode that has ever been produced of this podcast. Uh, find me on Twitter at Brian J. Rowan. Find this show on Twitter at Film Stage Show. Yeah, that's about it. Um, we should be recording another episode between now and next weekend, hopefully. Mm-hmm. The Old Man and the Gun. Yeah. Yes. Sweet. Yes, Saw yep. it today. Spoiler alert for my thoughts I'm still a David Lowry fan. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and um, then next weekend, we'll be talking about something else i don't know we couldn't talk michael into talking about venom so
3: halloween might be next week
0: oh christ all right well we'll talk about (laughs) it so that's it for this week ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time
2: in all the good times i find myself I feel myself